is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, happy Halloween, our favorite time of year. Unless you're listening to this after November 1st, because I think we can all agree November 1st is like the first day of Christmas. <laughs> That's what everybody believes, yeah. I feel that way personally. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you're going to have some fun tonight if you are listening on the day. Please be safe. Uh, today's case was recommended by Lee, so thank you very much, Lee. This is a horrific story out of New Orleans from October of 2006. Yes, very, very tragic story, but also I wanted to note that if you're looking for a fun and spooky episode for the end of spooky season, we just covered our favorite bonus episode yet, which is called I See You. Very, very creepy, very, very fun. That episode includes stories of a suspicious Craigslist post, a creeper outside of a cabin, someone underneath your bed, the smiling man on the street, a killer in the elevator, and a stranger at the car window. So if you want to listen to that episode, it really is my favorite thus far, I think. And 98 other full-length bonus episodes, all of which are true crime cases, except for our latest one, I See You, which was just a fun collection of true scary stories for the season. Um, You can do so by trying the free trial on Apple subscriptions in Apple Podcasts, or head over to patreon.com slash goingwestpodcast and subscribe there on any device. I think that's all the news that we have for you guys again. Please be safe out there for Halloween, and let's get into today's episode. All right, guys, this is episode 353 of Going West, so let's get into it. vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In October of 2006, 
police responded to a call about someone jumping from the roof of a New Orleans hotel. When they arrived, they found a note in the man's pocket confessing to committing a horrific crime just streets away. But when police reported to the apartment in question, the circumstances of that crime were more shocking than they'd imagined. This is the story of Addie Hall and Zach Bowen. Adrian Mathias Hall, who went by Addie, was born on January 15th, 1976. Now, unfortunately, it's been reported that her upbringing in North Carolina was quite abusive. We don't know much else about her childhood other than the fact that sexual abuse was involved and that this led to various abusive romantic relationships as she got a bit older. This also led to her being a heavy drinker, so this young woman suffered quite a bit in her short life. We also know that she dropped out of high school to travel around the country, teaching ballroom dancing and salsa. And then she eventually moved down to New Orleans, Louisiana, and this proved to be a great choice for her originally, as she started to find a community for herself where she could really express her wonderful, free-spirited, artistic side and be the sharp-witted and funny young woman she was. And New Orleans was a great place for her to grow as a poet and dancer and artist, so she loved it there, specifically the French Quarter. By age 29 in 2005, Addie was working as a bartender in the French Quarter, and that's where she met fellow bartender and coworker Zach Bowen. Now, Zachary Morgan Bowen, who went by Zach, was born on May 15, 1978 in Bakersfield, California, making him about two and a half years younger than Addie. He had two older brothers and they all moved around a bit while they were younger. And then eventually when Zach was a teenager, they settled into California's central coast region with their mom, Lori, after she left their dad, Jack, who abused alcohol during the boy's upbringing. In school, Zach was known to be pretty funny and charming and well-liked, bit of a class clown. And he was even up for homecoming king during his senior year of high school. But he didn't win and in general reportedly felt like a bit of a failure and like he wasn't really cut out for school. So he dropped out, left California, and moved up to Portland, Oregon with his father for a little while. So after Zach and his dad took a trip to New Orleans together, they stayed for a while. And reportedly they absolutely loved it, especially Zach. So when he turned 18 in 1996, he got a job as a bartender and cemented himself into the community, making friends and even meeting a young woman named Lana Shupak. Now, Lana, who was about 28 years old at the time, was actually from Dallas, Texas, and was just visiting New Orleans on vacation. But this little vacation fling turned into a full-blown relationship, and Lana ended up moving to New Orleans to be with Zach. The weird thing was that Lana didn't know Zach's real age. She didn't know that he was 10 years younger than her because he had lied about it. And this lie lasted months. And even after she became pregnant with his child the following year. But before their son was born, she learned the truth and actually broke things off with him. But Zach got word of the baby being born and he started showing up and even proposed to Lana, saying that he wanted them to be a family. 
So after he put it out there that he wanted them to be close and become a family, she agreed, and at ages 19 and 28, Zach and Lana married. Shortly after the birth of their son Jackson, Lana became pregnant again and they welcomed a daughter, Lily, the following year. Although Zach was working a lot bartending and just trying to help support their little family, he felt that he needed to step into a more mature role. So he worked towards getting his GED and he enlisted in the army, where he truly felt like he belonged. But after a few years moving from bases in Germany and Kosovo alongside Lana and the kids, he was deployed to Iraq, where he witnessed some truly horrific and unforgettable things, like watching his best friend die on duty. So eventually, 27-year-old Zach was honorably discharged, and he moved back to New Orleans with Lana. But the things that he saw during the war would change the course of the rest of his life. Because of the deep trauma that he endured in Iraq, he and Lana's relationship suffered, and things went even more downhill for them when he met Addie Hall at the Hogs Bar in the French Quarter, which is a now-closed dive bar. Now, at first, Addie didn't consider Zach her type, particularly because he had been in the military, and she grew up with a Vietnam veteran as a father, so she was very familiar with how that had affected him. But soon enough, she was crazy about Zach. Like, they just worked various shifts together, and she got to know him, and they, you know, they really hit it off. But it just seemed like Zach was definitely that type of guy that lied to women to kind of come off better. Because when they started their relationship, Addie had no idea that he was married with two children. Yikes. Yeah, that's probably something that you want to disclose right off the bat. But it's just like how he lied to Lana about his age originally because he wanted to make it work. And, you know, so it's it's like he's doing that all over again. Sure. But when Addie did find out, because of course she found out, at this point she was already in love with Zach and just felt this very deep conundrum of what to do. Because she didn't want to be with a guy who would hide something so serious from her, but she was head over heels for him. So she was, you know, fine with kind of accepting that he had lied to her. And I think he had probably said to her, oh, we're not really together and right, whatever. Yeah. Like Maybe he probably... we're, we're splitting up. Exactly. So when Zach chose Addie over Lana, Addie was ready to get serious with him. And Lana filed for divorce. So she was totally blindsided by this. Of course, Lana was. And all of this was even more stressful with the fact that it was happening as Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana. And I know we've talked about Katrina on the show before, and a lot of you guys live in the United States and are very familiar with it. But the, for those who are not familiar, it is regarded as the third most catastrophic hurricane in U.S. history. But at the time it hit, it was regarded as the second worst because now the second slot is Hurricane Maria, which took place 12 years after Katrina in 2017. Hurricane Katrina is estimated to have killed over 1,800 people and caused over $100 billion in damage along the Gulf Coast. So during this horrific time for the area, Lana was trying to shelter somewhere with Zach and the kids. And this is when Zach officially told Lana that he was staying with Addie. So he's making that decision instead of staying with his wife and two children, he wants to be with his new girlfriend and shelter with her. And that's exactly what he did. Yes. And so he and Addie sheltered together, just the two of them, and their love reportedly really launched during this scary time together. So when the hurricane finally ended, 
Zack and Addie got together with their community to try and rebuild and get help to their city. And as things slowly started to get somewhat back to normal in New Orleans the following year, things between Zack and Addie began to fall apart. Addie got a job at a place called the Spotted Cat, which is still standing and described on Google as, quote, a weathered bar and intimate jazz venue hosting live acts on a tiny stage for a standing room crowd. So it's located on the famed Frenchman Street in the Marigny, which is a bustling, well-preserved neighborhood right next door to the French Quarter. And then Zach got a job at a grocery store nearby. The two were constantly fighting at this point, and drinking and doing more drugs together and apart than they ever were before. Yet Zach was also becoming overly possessive of Addie, and they both thought that the other person was cheating, which is never... Never a good scenario if you're constantly pointing the finger at your partner saying, hey, you're cheating and they're doing the same thing to you. Well, a big reason why Zach thought this, which, you know, wasn't true, but basically I had said earlier that Addie loved to dance. So at the bar that she worked at, she would kind of dance on the bar a lot and, you know, try to make tips, which a lot of bartenders do and servers do. You know, that's like part of the business is making those tips. Right. So she would do that and he would come in and see it and just be totally not okay with that behavior yeah and thinking that her dancing to make tips meant that she was cheating on him so it became this whole other thing where he is accusing her of things that she is not doing right and the jealousy was basically attached to the possessiveness exactly so things became incredibly tumultuous as 2006 rolled along And by fall of that year, Addie had reportedly told friends that she had had enough of the drama and toxicity and was really ready to leave Zach. Yeah, and this was uh, about a year after Katrina because Katrina took place in August of 2005. So a year ago from this point, things were really great between them and starting to blossom. But as you know, that the months roll along of a new relationship, that's when you kind of start to realize whether or not this person is right for you. And Addie just feels like... Zach is not the one. Yeah, and on top of that, Zach was feeling the exact same way, actually. So he booked a train ticket all the way to Washington, so across the country, and then moved down to Portland, Oregon to spend a few weeks away. And he was prepared to move there and start anew, but the idea of getting Addie back and being near his kids was something that he just could not get out of his head. So he returned to New Orleans, Louisiana, and made things right. Now, at first, he and Addie were doing fantastic. They were happy, they were falling back in love, but as September approached, he was showing this possessive, jealous side again, which Addie could not stand. But the problem was that in September, Addie got evicted from her apartment, so she needed a place to stay. And although she apparently wanted out of her relationship again, she and Zach decided to get an apartment together and just see things through. They quickly found a little place to rent above a voodoo shop called the Priestess Miriam's Voodoo Spiritual Temple, which is right where the French Quarter bleeds into Marigny. But here's when things got a bit tricky, because it seems like Addie was using Zach for his security deposit, because as soon as he paid it with his savings, she signed the lease in her name only without immediately telling Zach and requesting to the landlord that Zach not be on that lease. 
And I think she just did this because she really needed a place to live and she was trying to get out of this relationship. And even though she kind of did use him for his money, at this point, he had also um, just recently before moving, he had hit her for the first time. So there was physical abuse involved. Yeah. And he was very emotionally abusive as well, it seems. So she just kind of used this opportunity to be able to move after her eviction and finally try to get away from him. But obviously he's not going to be happy when he finds out that he's not on that lease when he was planning to be. Yeah. Because then this would mean that he would have nowhere to go. So when he did find out that she was ready to kick him out, he became infuriated. So this was all happening at the beginning of October. And the landlord was aware of this argument, by the way, because Zach had gone to him and said, hey, what the hell? I need to be on the lease. And the landlord's like, you have to figure that out with Addie. That is not up to me. Yeah, not his problem. Yeah, so so there wasn't anything that he could do about it because Addie had already signed the lease. So if she didn't want Zach staying there, he wouldn't be allowed to. Now, this conversation between Zach and the landlord took place on Thursday, October 5th, 2006. And that was the last day that Addie was seen alive. The day after this, Addie didn't show up for her shift at the Spotted Cat, which was very unlike her. And it was also unlike her to fail to answer her boss's calls. So her boss became concerned right away. But while Addie was nowhere to be seen, Zach was out at bars and hanging out with friends as usual, though he reportedly missed work on October 6th as well. The excessive partying went on for over a week, with Zach's friends noticing that he was picking up the tabs and spending more money than he usually would. Addie wasn't a big point of conversation amongst the friends, but apparently, when he reached out to Lana wanting to see her, he told her that he and Addie were over and that she had left town. On October 16th, 2006, just over 10 days since Addie had last been seen, was the last time that Zach was seen. Because the next day, October 17th, 2006, New Orleans police reported to the scene of a call regarding a body found on the roof of a hotel parking garage. As true crime listeners, you're aware of the dangers out there in the world. So why not keep your home as safe and secure as possible? Daphne and I do this by using Simply Safe. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. When we get ready for our summer trips this year, I will feel so much better about leaving the house knowing that Simply Safe has our back, just freeing me from my constant anxieties. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time. Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind, and we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system 
with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/goingwest. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test. While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, you can customize your very own luxurious estate island and let your imagination run wild. Daphne and I actually love to play this game together because you can chat with and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It is truly so much fun. You guys are going to love it. So what do you think? Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Do you want to earn cash back while you shop? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out Rakuten, especially because this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the year with 15% cashback at hundreds of stores. Rakuten is the shopping platform to use so that you can save big while you shop. They're partnered with over 3,500 stores across all categories, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so many others. Some of our personal favorite participating stores are Ray-Ban, Hydro Flask, Clinique Online, and Verbo, just to name a few. There are so many big stores and brands that you're already buying from. But don't miss this major deal. It's a limited time only with eight days of these high cashback rates, so you can save more than usual. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you can get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face. But now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Sometimes Daphne and I are doing research for Going West, and we subscribe to different newspapers from all around the country, and then we forget to unsubscribe. But that's exactly why we love Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, 
monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You'll be able to see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't like, Rocket Money can help you cancel it in just a few taps. It is seriously that easy. And that's why Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash going west. That's rocketmoney.com slash going west. rocketmoney.com slash going west. At 8.30 p.m. on Friday, October 17, 2006, a call came into the New Orleans Police Department about a body on the roof of the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel. So this hotel is a four-star, seven-story hotel with a rooftop observation deck featuring a pool and a bar, perfect for relaxing with fantastic views of the city around you. But the call that came in was a troubling one that someone had jumped from the hotel's rooftop bar, landing on top of a neighboring parking garage multiple stories below. The person who laid there, deceased, was 28-year-old Zach Bowen, who was very easy to identify because of his army dog tags, but suspiciously, he had a note and a key in the pocket of his pants, and the note was addressed to the police. The note, which was signed by Zach, stated, quote, This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one that I took. This note also included the address to an apartment on North Rampart Street, which was Addie's little apartment just above the voodoo shop just a few streets away. As police investigated the scene, they were told by a bartender that Zach came in alone and ordered multiple drinks from the rooftop bar acting very nervous. And the bartender was actually worried that Zach was gonna like drink and dash. So he watched as Zach nervously paced while he got progressively more drunk. And not long after that, he made the fatal jump off of that roof. Other officers immediately traveled to the apartment on the note and were granted permission to enter by Addie's landlord completely unaware of the unthinkable scenes of horror that they were going to walk into. Upon entry, police first took note of the spray-painted messages across the interior walls, which included things like, Total Failure, I Love Her, Call Lana Bowen, Help Me Stop the Pain, I'm Sorry I Couldn't Finish, and Terrifyingly, Look in the Oven. But when police got to the oven in the kitchen, spray painted on the white appliance in black letters was don't look. Now this next part is definitely gruesome. So if you're sensitive to crime scene details, we suggest you skip forward 30 seconds. Because inside the oven on trays were the severed arms and legs of what police would come to find belonged to 30 year old Addie Hall and they even appeared to be seasoned with herbs, that there was no evidence of actual cannibalism. 
On the stovetop, there was a large pot containing Addie's head, while another contained her hands and feet, and her torso sat in the fridge. And as police continued around the apartment, it was clear that the dismemberment had been done in the apartment's bathtub, though he had since cleaned it, and police soon came to realize as well that before this occurred, Zach committed necrophilia multiple times before falling asleep next to her body. Which obviously is just like a whole other level of sick and twisted. Yes, Um, it is. But I also want to say that he slept in that apartment and continued to be in that apartment for four days after he killed her. Yeah, and was going out partying, spending money, and just drinking. And police also took note that the air conditioning had been on full blast to 60 degrees Fahrenheit or 15 Celsius to keep the room cold and likely to slow down the decomposition process of Addie's remains. But the notes did not stop there because there was another note found in that apartment, also written by Zach, that stated, quote, This is Monday, October 16th, 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, October 5th. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene that you're now in, came after a while. I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I love for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my job and spend the $1,500 in cash that I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends that I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock, and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Zach Bowen. Because of the state that Addie's body was found in, although they knew it had to be her, it was incredibly difficult to identify her body, but they were able to eventually do it. And that was kind of it. Like they they buried her, her gravestone says poet on it, but it's, it was difficult because she wasn't close with her parents. You know, she didn't have any family nearby. There was really no investigation because he killed himself and, and confessed. Right, he admitted to doing it. So. And everything was there. He said, just like you read it just now, he said how he did it, why he did it. Um, so there's really nothing else to look into. And that's that was kind of that. But obviously it goes without saying that when Lana was given the news of the murder and suicide, she was beyond shocked and disturbed. I mean, because you also have to think from her perspective, if he had stayed with her, would he have done that to her instead? You know, I'm sure that crossed her mind. Right, and she's also got children with him as well. Yeah, and just knowing that her kids could have been in danger at some point, like, it's just a fully terrifying realization here. But also, I mean, for the most part, she remembered Zach as a charming, good man, and he did have some issues with drinking and drugs, but overall, a decent person, mostly until he got back from the army. But it's not like he was necessarily this stand-up guy who went to the army and he came back all all kind of messed up from it. Uh, b- reportedly, he was kind of a, a piece of shit in other ways. 
And obviously we can even go back to his own letter. He said, I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am. Ask anyone. And also the fact that he even admits that he was scared of himself that after doing everything he did to Addy in that apartment, that he felt no remorse. But here's the thing. He did feel remorse in, in, in a different way because he took his own life. He said, he said, I have to take my own life because of the life that I took. So in a way, it feels like that is a little bit of guilt or... Well, like he knew he did something wrong. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. And to clarify, I am definitely not on his side. But I'm just saying that it's weird for him to say that he didn't have any remorse, but it feels like he did. Yeah, but he had enough guilt to take his own life. Right. Or I wonder if maybe he just knew he wasn't going to get away with it and didn't want to spend his life in prison. So that was his way of getting out of it and also kind of giving up his life, like he said, for the one that he took. Because he is very well aware that taking somebody's life is not okay, but clearly in the moment that he was doing it didn't feel bad about it which is horrifying well yeah and you know not to not to get too far off on a tangent but to talk about another case that we covered and many other cases that we've covered a lot of times people will take the easy way out instead of having to go to prison we talked about that with brian laundry and gabby petito he took his own life as well because he knew that they were eventually going to catch up with him and he was going to go to prison forever so yeah you know you know but actually, just like in Gabby Petito's case, it, it is very rare that there is this confession letter. You know, usually it, it, he could have gone to prison and maybe he admitted that he did it. But it feels so rare that even when killers do admit that they're guilty, they don't really break it down for you. You know, so the fact that he wrote, put the note in his pocket and said, go go to this apartment, you'll find everything you need. And then went into detail about what he did to her. Obviously, he didn't go into like massive detail necessarily. It was just like a paragraph. But still, like the fact that he did that is kind of crazy because we really never see that. But it did give all the answers that police kind of needed. It really does feel like like a some sort of like movie like Seven or something because like just the fact that there was spray paint all over the walls, there was notes left behind, there were directions like. Very, very creepy and very eerie. Yeah, like all of his scattered thoughts. And actually regarding that, it is believed that during his time in Iraq, Zach developed severe PTSD and fell into serious trouble with his mental health, which just got progressively worse as time went on until he hit this breaking point. And as you can imagine, the news was incredibly horrifying for their family and friends to learn about too, as well as the entire city of New Orleans and everybody that they had served and met there over the years. I mean, a lot of people said that Addie was their favorite bartender in the city. So this just shocked the entire area. The apartment above the voodoo shop on North Rampart has been rented out since the tragedy, but reportedly various tenants reported hearing voices and feeling watched while inside. Today, the apartment is being leased by a voodoo priestess who has turned the apartment into somewhat of a museum showcasing Addie's murder. The since deep cleaned apartment includes the original stove where visitors often leave offerings behind like mini liquor bottles, coins, dollar bills, and cigarettes. Now, obviously it feels in poor taste to us to do this. Yeah, I think that's really, really disgusting. Yeah, it is. And obviously, you know, Addie's friends agree with this, that it just doesn't feel like a, an okay thing to do. 
But the owner, Mary, has stated that she feels it's an important thing to offer for tourists to understand the long-term effects that Hurricane Katrina had on residents, including Addie Hall and Zach Bowen. But that feels like an excuse That is such an excuse. That's just a a way of getting around any sort of controversy there. But, I, I mean... At the end of the day, it's in very much poor taste. I completely agree. While the apartment has also gained interest by paranormal investigators alike, including the show Paranormal Lockdown that featured Addie's apartment in a 2017 episode where they claim to sense a presence in the bathroom and the smell of something burning. So, uh, yeah. So okay. it seems like a lot of people are turning Addie's devastating and untimely death into something like light and fun, but really, it was a horrible tragedy that the city and those close to Addie and Zach will never forget. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys for listening to this very tragic episode of Going West. And on Friday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. Yeah, sorry. I know this episode was a little bit shorter than usual, but there just wasn't... I mean, there's a whole book about this case. Technically, there's a lot of details, but I think it just kind of goes into the nuances and also more of Zach's general background. There's a lot of information on his background that I didn't feel was necessarily relevant. But if you do want to read like every possible detail on this story... The book is titled Shake the Devil Off, a true story of the murder that rocked New Orleans, and that is written by Ethan Brown. So thank you again, Lee, for recommending this story to us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to see photos from this case and every other case that we cover, head on over to Instagram. We're at Going West Podcast, Twitter at Going West Pod, and we're also on Facebook. And don't forget to check out that Patreon and Apple subscription episode. I see you. It is so fun. It's very creepy. It's very entertaining. I think you guys are going to love it. I'm like passionate about that episode. I love that episode. It's a great one. Yeah. So go subscribe. Listen to it. We also have 98 other full-length bonus episodes. The rest are true crime stories, but we wanted to have a little bit of fun with I See You for the end of spooky season. So check it out. Happy Halloween. I don't know if you guys know the true crime podcast Love Murder. They are good friends of ours, and Andy invited us to a Halloween party tomorrow, and we're thinking about going, but we're also two lazy people who might just sit on the couch and watch horror movies and order pizza. I just had two back-to-back music videos two days in a row of shooting like 12 hours a day, so I am exhausted. Those are going to be so good, and we will tell you guys when Heath's music comes out because his music is amazing. Oh, thank you so much. And it is under the name Ghostly, if you want to check it out now, but he hasn't released any music, so maybe just wait until we tell you to. We'll be dropping it soon. (laughs) We'll be dropping it soon. All right, guys, happy Halloween. Happy or almost Merry Christmas, a.k.a. November 1st, and we'll see you on Friday. All right, guys, so for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. 